Hello, and welcome back to the 90s Galore Podcast. I am your host, Andy Zaldivar, and like always, I'm very excited to be here with you tonight. I'd like to thank you for joining us as we go back in time to the great musical decade of the 90s. Uh, we got a great show in store for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you tuning in on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public, we thank you for being such loyal listeners from the bottom of our hearts. Um, also, a lot of you have contacted me via Twitter, and you've sent me requests, you've checked in to say hi, and what have you. So I want to thank all of you listeners who've done that. All of you, all of you have been so phenomenal. So, oh, excuse me, phenomenal, so gracious, um, and, and like we, we're here to serve you, the listeners. So you know, continue to subscribe on all of the platforms, as we will bring you a quality podcast every episode, ladies and gentlemen. So we have a great show in store for you tonight. Uh, the band I'm featuring is a band out of San Diego, California. They were formed in 1989 with four individuals coming together to become one of the greatest rock bands of all time. Um, they have one of the most unique names that you'll ever hear uh, from, a, from a band. Their lead singer was one of the greatest frontmen of all time, in my opinion. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about none other than Stone Temple Pilots, ladies and gentlemen. Stone Temple Pilots, they, I mean, they've sold millions of albums. Uh, they've won Grammy Awards, they've won MTV Music Awards, they've won Billboard Music Awards, they've produced number one hit singles, number one albums, um, I mean just an extremely accomplished band. Um, Stone Temple Pilots, the original Stone Temple Pilots lineup is comprised of four individuals. Uh, first we got Scott Weiland on lead vocals, brothers Dean DeLeo and Robert DeLeo on guitar and bass respectively. Uh, Robert DeLeo also on backup vocals. And last but not least, the very talented Eric Kretz on the drums. And uh, again, they were formed in, in 1989 in San Diego, California, and uh, Long Beach, California as well. Uh, apparently, there's a conflicting stories about how they met. Uh, one story asserts that Weiland, Scott Weiland and Robert DeLeo met in Long Beach, California at a Black Flag concert. And after they were chatting for a while, they they both realized that they were dating the same girl. <laughs> uh, subsequently, they, they they broke it off with the girl, and they become friends. You know, uh, however, Scott Weiland in his bio, autobiography he states that uh, you know so him and some friends went looking for Robert DeLeo after they they saw him play live uh, for his band called Soy Desant. Um, now you can believe whichever story you'd like to believe, but personally, I, I like the former. I mean, they randomly strike up a conversation at a concert and they realize they're dating the same girl. Really? I mean, what are the odds of that, right? Anyhow, they become friends again and, and decide to form a band, naming it Swing. And uh, now they're in need of a drummer and a guitar player. And at the time... Robert's brother, Dean, was already working. Um, he was a professional. He was a businessman of some sort. And uh, he had left playing guitar full-time. And uh, he was only playing as a hobby. But uh, nonetheless, they convinced him to join the band. And he, he uh, becomes a guitar player. And um, as far as the drummer, 
So now they need a drummer, and, and uh, Scott Weiland and Robert DeLeo had seen Eric Kretz playing in a club in Long Beach. And uh, so they also, they seek him out, they convince him to join the band, and now they're complete with four members. And uh, there was an another problem with, uh, apparently, Dean DeLeo did not like the name Swing. Um, so, I mean, he, so much so that he, he refused to be in a band, in the band, if they were going to name it Swing. So... Uh, they changed the name to Mighty Joe Young, and they uh, shortly thereafter they record, record their first demo as Mighty Joe Young, and uh, this particular demo contained tracks that would later be included in their first studio album, Core. Uh, before they recorded their first album, though, they played in uh, you know many San Diego, Southern California area venues and developed a really solid fan base and they, they also supported Henry Rollins at the world famous Whiskey Go-Go on the Sunset Strip in Hollywood, California um, so so they're, the band's ready to you know uh, record and in 1992 STP signed with Atlantic Records and they begin to work on their debut album with uh, record producer Brendan O'Brien I mean Brendan O'Brien's very accomplished producer. He's worked with uh, many successful bands, including Pearl Jam, ACDC, Neil Young, Aerosmith. I mean, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, I mean, just to name a few. Um, they get in the studio, and their lawyer calls them up to tell them there there's another issue with uh, their name. Apparently, there's a blue art blues artist that goes by the moniker of Mighty Joe Young. So they decide to change their name. Well, they have to, right? And they, they change their name and they decide to play on the letters STP of motor oil fame. Uh, they kick around a few names, including uh, Shirley Temple's P-U-S-S-Y. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a family program, so I don't want to um, mention that, that word. Uh, Stereo Temple Pirates. Um, they eventually settled on Stone Temple Pilots. And the rest, as they say, is history, right? On September 29th, 1992, Core is released and peaks at number three on the Billboard 200 Albums chart and is certified multi-platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America. The first single was Sex Time Thing, released in January 1993. Uh, it does okay commercially, commercially, but it, it, was, a, it was really the next single, uh, Plush, that uh, was re released in May 1993, and this single really catapulted them to superstar status. I mean, almost overnight, really. It was it was huge, huge hit that peaked at number one on the Billboard album Rock Tracks chart, which was also significant because this was the first hit by an alternative rock band to peak at number one on the album Rock Tracks. Uh, Plush, Plush ended up uh, winning several music industry awards in 1993, including MTV Music Award for Best New Artist, Billboard Music Award for Number One Rock Song of the Year, and in 1994, Plush wins a Grammy for Best Hard Rock Performance. Uh, so like I said, Plush just crushed it. I mean, they, they uh, it gave the band instant notoriety I mean, on a grand scale. I mean, they just really... It just uh, like I said, almost overnight. It was it was uh, really awesome to see that. Um, still in 1993, the single "Wicked Garden" 
is released in October and it's interesting to note that it was never released as a commercial single Wicked Garden uh, only as a radio promo but it still ends up doing well and it's uh, considered to be one of the greatest hits it also appears on, uh, on their best compilation albums I uh, excuse me best compilation album uh, titled Thank You as uh, the name of the uh, their best their uh, the greatest hits there uh, so and then exactly one month later to the day the single creep is released and it peaks at number two on the billboard album rocks tracks chart um so their their debut album is now in the books and the band achieves a phenomenal level of success i mean with their debut album core like i said they hit the i mean they hit the the ground running with with core and um just i mean superstars overnight pretty much you know these guys are Phenomenal, phenomenal, extremely talented. There's no mystery why. It's, there's no question why, right? I mean, they they just they knocked it out of the park. And um, also in 1993, uh, STP recorded an episode of MTV Unplugged where they debut the song "Big Empty," which also appears on their next album. And uh, they continue to tour that year, opening for bands I mean, such as Rage Against the Machine and uh, Megadeth, to name a few. Um, so again, needless to say, 1993 was a huge year for, for Stone Temple Pilots. In the uh, spring of 1994, STP returned to the studio to record their second album. And on June 7, 1994, Purple is released. They complete the album less than a month. And uh, Purple debuts at number one on the U.S. charts and it's certified multi-platinum. So again, another platinum certification. Uh, their second album the album singles include Big Empty Vaseline and Interstate Love Song again uh, Big Empty was the song they debuted on their MTV Unplugged performance but the song was also included in the soundtrack for the movie The Crow in 1994 so for those of you who recall um, I mean that movie was the movie that saw controversy when the uh, lead actor Brandon Lee son of Bruce Lee was acted accidentally shot on set and uh, unfortunately unfortunately he you know he later died in the hospital and it was tragic and but uh you know big empty ended up peaking at number three on the billboard charts um the single vaseline from purple was uh saw much much success as it peaked at number one on the billboard album rock tracks and a cool piece of trivia about uh, the track Vaseline is that um, it has a very unique sounding effect in the, in the song's intro. If you listen to it, uh, Robert DeLeo, DeLeo he, he ran his bass through a wah-wah pedal to get the effect. And by the way, you know, a wah-wah pedal is mainly used on uh, electric guitars, not bass guitars, but uh, they, want, they do it to create a certain sound. Again, not, not commonly used for bass guitar, so that's pretty cool how he's, he was able to kind of get that sound for his bass um, using that wah-wah pedal. So again, Vaseline does well as a single, and it's followed up by the single Interstate Love Song, and uh, which is released in September 94 and peaks at number one on the Billboard album Rock Tracks. Uh, wow. 1994 what a year um, I mean I graduated from high school I turned 18 I left for the Navy unbelievable anyways back to STP right enough about me but, um, 
and some cool things about uh, some more cool things about Interstate Love Song was that uh, Wyland recording his, he recorded his vocals for the track all in one take, and the um, the song also borrows from uh, chords from Jim Croce's song "I Got a Name," and uh, again, Interstate Love Song was wildly successful and uh, still considered one of uh, STP's greatest songs. Uh, so. So they got uh, two albums in the books now, and they're ready. Uh, I mean, by this time, STP is in a different st- stratosphere as a band. I mean, they've they've become superstars. I mean, they're just on a different level, right? And um, Scott Weiland, unfortunately, is still fighting a, a heroin addiction, you know, around this time. And early 1995, he gets arrested for heroin and cocaine possession, and he's sentenced to one year's probation. Um... Shortly thereafter, Wyland records the song Mock- Mockingbird Girl with his side project, uh, The Magnificent Bastards, for the soundtrack for the movie Tank Girl, starring Laurie Petty and Ice-T. Um, he also records um, for a, a John Lennon tribute album. And around the same time, the other three members of STP create their own side project called Talk Show. Uh, they bring in a lead singer by the name of Dave Coots. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's C-O-U-T-T-S. And um, they actually record a, a, an album, a self-titled album, but it does not do, it doesn't do well commercially. Um, I mean, this, this would be their only album release. The band actually gets together. They get back, I mean, they, they regroup after a brief hiatus in the fall of 1995. And they rent out a mansion in, in Santa Barbara, California, where they lived together and recorded their third studio album, Tiny Music, Songs from the Vatican Gift Shop. Um, I mean, with this album, STP goes in a different direction in regards to their sound. They're now, they're now experimenting with, with more uh, music uh, influenced by the 60s and 70s rock. I mean, but need, needless to say, right, they, they again, they hit a home run with the, the album. Um, Tiny Music is released on March 26, 1996, and it debuts on at number four on the Billboard Top 200. It also peaks at number four, so it debuts at four, and it also peaks at number four. And I remember coming home from a six-month Navy deployment, I mean, from Southeast Asia, and seeing the video for Big Bang Baby, and <laughs> just wondering, like, what what the heck is this? Like, what what did STP do? I mean, they were just they were they were, they were different. They were look. They they were sounding different. They were looking different, and but I mean, but I still liked it. Obviously, I mean, this was STP, damn it. Um, so the album sees three singles, right? Uh, Big Bang Baby, Lady Picture Show, and Tripping on a Hole in pa- in a Paper Heart. Um, all three of these singles peak at number one on the Billboard album rock tracks. I mean, successful again, and. Uh, um, critical success, as Rolling Stone magazine calls it, their best effort to date. The album, uh, Tiny Music, and uh, it also gets certified multi-platinum, which of course is uh, two million or more copies sold. Right. So they're three three uh, albums in, and uh, Scott Weiland's uh, drug use continued, and the band actually had to unfortunately cancel some of their tour dates in 1996 and 1997 supporting the album tiny music um that was because scott wyland had to go to rehab so um 
in late 1998 now, the band regroups to record their fourth studio album, which they appropriately, appropriately titled Number Four. And Number Four is released on October 26, 1999, and it's uh, it's considered a return to their their hard rock roots. You know, uh, they go they get back to the basics, playing some you know good old fashioned rock and roll, and um, the single Down is released and peaks at number five on the Billboard charts. Uh, number four also, the album number four spawns the single Sour Girl, which peaks at number four on the charts. And this particular song receives some um, significant notoriety because Wylan was quoted in his autobiography as saying that the, the song was about his first wife, uh, Janina Castaneda, and how their, um, the relation and the collapse of the relationship. So, you know, he wrote that song, um, you know as a tribute to or, or you know uh, attributing it to what had happened in between his him and his ex-wife and um the album doesn't receive the uh the level of critical success as its predecessors but uh, i mean entertainment weekly gives it a grade of a c and rolling stone magazine gives it a three out of five still though number four ends up at uh peaking at number six on the billboard 200 and it attains platinum certification. And uh, from this point on, uh, STP releases three more albums in the years 2001, 2010, and 2018. Um, so they really killed it in the 90s. And um, just to, some things to mention in the year 2000 and beyond about the band. And uh, on February 27, 2013, Stone Temple Pilots fire Scott Weiland, and the um, loose you know lo- lawsuits are filed by both parties, uh, Scott Weiland and, and the three members of STP, and uh, eventually everything gets settled out of court, uh, and the DeLeo brothers and Eric Kretz retain the rights to perform to perform as Stone Temple Pilots. So Scott Weiland goes on his own, and uh, on. December 13th, 2015, Scott Weiland tragically dies to an accidental overdose of alcohol, cocaine, and pills. Uh, he was 48 years old, just tragic, and uh, apparently he was on tour with his band, The Wildabouts. Uh, they were in Bloomington, Minnesota, and he was found on his tour bus. Just terrible, absolutely terrible, you know. Um, so, in May of 2013, going back a couple years just you know, going backwards here uh this preceded scott wiling um, um passing away they uh, they hired chester bennington of lincoln park fame as their new lead singer and on july 20th 2017 a few years later he was found dead in his california home as a result of suicide I mean, just unbelievable. I mean, what are the odds of, I mean, two lead singers for the same band? Um, just, you know, immensely talented talented individuals and um, they're, and they're gone. You know, it's just uh, very tragic and complete, you know, needless to say, just very sad. Um, but uh, today, you know, Stone Temple Pilots, and they're still active. I mean, they're still touring, they're recording. They do have a new lead singer. A guy by the name of Jeff Gutt, and um, 
They actually released their latest album in 2018, the self-titled Stone Temple Pilots. And um, but uh, it's been a heck of a ride for for these guys, you know, for Stone Temple Pilots. I mean, one of the greatest rock bands of all time. You know, certainly one of my favorite bands of all time, and um, wildly successful. Like I mentioned, they, they they've won awards, they've toured, they've toured the world. They've, I mean, you name it, right? They've done it, and they've achieved uh, astronomical levels of, of success. Uh, they're truly a special band. You know, so special place in my heart. They remind me of again of my uh, formative years, right? High school, and uh, take me back. They always take me back. And um, like I say every time, every show, every episode, I'm, every I'm always uh, mentioning how each each artist, each one of these uh, artists that we profile that we feature, they put they take me to that special place, man. And that's that's something that I hold very dear. So I don't take that for granted. Um, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's it's been such a pleasure profiling Stone Temple Pilots for you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the 90s Galore podcast. Uh, but before I go, uh, I'd like to remind you to hit me up on Twitter at YDNAFlow90. Again, that's YDNAFlo90. Say hi, hey, make a request, tell me how much you love the podcast. It's all good, you know. And um, don't forget to subscribe on one of our uh, platform platforms, excuse me, um, or all of them if you'd like. It's up to you. And uh, finally, I'd like to make a request, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, provide us with a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell us what you love about the podcast. Give us some feedback. Give us a review. We would really, truly appreciate this. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, once again, it's been a pleasure hosting 90s Galore tonight. Tune in next time as we go back to the 90s. Once again, I'm your host, Andy Zaldivar. So take it easy.